The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events from somewhere in the desert between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Veritas, because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I think it's time to open the books on the question of government investigations of UFOs. Uh, we ought to do it really because it's right. We ought to do it because the American people, quite frankly, can handle the truth. And we ought to do it because it's the law. Be skeptical. Do be as skeptical as you want, but by all, don't close your mind. to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas, where we uncover the truth, one guest at a time. For those of you who dare to seek, Veritas is the place where you shall find. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, make yourself at home. I want to thank all our members. As always, you are keeping Veritas alive. Also, I want to thank all of you for the great feedback received regarding last week's show with Professor John Searle. And if you're listening to this audio prior to 9 p.m. Pacific on Friday, Professor Searle and I will be conducting a live voice chat, or what I call Veritas Live. Really, it's a live show where you get to ask the questions and Professor Searle and I will answer. If you don't have a microphone, that's fine. You can ask your questions by typing them. So head on over to the members section, this is your opportunity to ask questions to Professor Searle, the man who can save the planet. Don't miss this opportunity. If you're not a member, subscribe and meet us there. This is truly a privilege and a bonus. Professor Searle and I are looking forward to it. Tonight's special guest is researcher and author Michael Tessarian, Architects of Control, who really rules the world. Michael will be with us shortly. To listen to the complete version of this and all our past and future shows, become a member. 
you will receive immediate access to all our inventory of shows, the Manticore Forum, and the Veritas Chatroom. Don't wait. Just head on over to our website, veritasshow.com, and subscribe. Here are some of our future guests in order of appearance and the title of the shows. Dr. Richard Souter. What's in the basement of the secret empire, underground and undersea bases? Melinda Leslie. Abductions and Covert Ops. Cliff High. The newest Shape of Things to Come report. Miara Isley. Her military abduction experience. And Dolores Cannon. The convoluted universe. With these great guests, it's a great time to be a member. And this is another reminder that from now until April the 30th, I'm giving you six months instead of three if you are ready, willing, and are 100% capable of transcribing a show. So go to the free subscription link of our website for more information. Remember, you must contact me on or before April the 30th to receive six months. After that, the regular three-month offer will remain in place. And now, get ready to spend a night discussing who is really in charge. Does the chaos of today's world have roots in ancient times? What can we do to unshackle ourselves from the conditioning? What are the consequences to civilization by the extraterrestrial involvement and the quandaries that have puzzled other visitation experts? But this and much more, Michael Tessarian will have the answers coming up next. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. Most of the great music you hear right here on the very test show is supplied by the independent artists from Jamendo.com. If you hear a song you like, Go over to our homepage, VeritasShow.com, click on the guest, look up the song, and download it. You can even buy the group's CDs, in many cases, right there at Jamendo.com. This is G. Edward Griffin, and you're listening to The Veritas Show. Michael Tessarian. Alternative historian and author, is an expert on the occult history of Ireland and America. Born in Ireland, he has researched mythologies of the world, as well as his own country's magnificent and mysterious Druidic history. Michael's work considers the consequences to civilization of extraterrestrial involvement and answers many of the quandaries that have puzzled other visitation experts. It clarifies the disinformation about Atlantis and the lost continents of prehistory, and it shows that the orchestrated chaos of today's world has roots in ancient times. Looking ahead, Michael offers profound solutions for the future. He is the author of the acclaimed books Atlantis, Alien Visitation and Manipulation, Astrotheology, and Sidereal Mythology, and the Irish Origins of Civilization. He is the producer and presenter of the Origins and Oracles DVD series that explores ancient mysteries and forbidden knowledge and co-producer of the Architects of Control DVD series. And directly from our Veritas Virtual Studio, somewhere in Europe, I'm privileged to introduce to you, for the first time on Veritas, Michael Tessarion. 
Hello, Michael, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? Uh, very well, Mel. Thanks. Nice to be on. Thanks for the invitation. It's my pleasure. It's great to finally have you on, Michael. I recently had Jordan Maxwell on, and I also spent some time with him a few days ago. I can see how having the two of you on this show is an accomplishment for us. I was watching the trailer to Architects of Control, one of your DVDs. It's one of the aspects we'll be discussing tonight. And a few things you said right at the beginning are basically one of the main motivators for our truth-seeking journey here. And I hope we can discuss these enigmas tonight. Michael, do we know where we come from, why we're here, and where we're going? Well, the answer is no, we don't. You know, uh, those are philosophical questions, and they're really not in the forefront of what people you know, care about or concern about in their general outlook at life, you see. This is unfortunately the problem that we face today. And if you just look around, you'll see that uh, people are busying themselves, you know, almost hurrying along to end life. The speed at which people are going, it's almost like they're, you know, anxious to get to their graves. Um, and you'd wonder whether that's really life at all or whether it's just lifestyle. And, uh, but these questions are not just philosophical. They underline so many other areas of life. And... I think that a lot of people have just decided to go along to get along and to avoid those kinds of deep insights, which might open all sorts of other doors to them. You know, they learn as children, for instance, that, you know, you just can't continue asking these questions because, number one, the adults that you speak to may mostly don't have the answer. And then even most of the, the adults, you know, frown upon you for even asking those questions or even asking why. And so from a very, very young age, people are taught about the master-slave dynamic. They're taught to just conform. And this is what you see going around. People today are mostly just victims of consensus trance and hive mentality and um, sort of the herd instinct. And unfortunately, this needs to be deeply addressed because there's severe consequences of people negating not just those three important questions about their existence, but, but other, other questions that come from those basic ones as well. And it's almost, Michael, as if it's as you said, frowned upon, but it's almost as if we're not allowed to think for ourselves. And if we step outside of that box, all of a sudden we become a pariah. We always have to be thinking of dogma, which is thinking or, or, or doing things based on somebody else's thoughts. And growing up uh, as, as a child, I was very inquisitive. I'm still, I still am. And thank, you know, thank goodness I was able to continue the, the truth-seeking journey. But I remember as, as a child asking questions in school to my parents. And First, they didn't know, or they didn't. I always thought, is it that they don't know, or they don't want me to know? Is it that whoever's in control wants to leave this the way it is, so that we don't find out who we are, how, why are we here, and where we're going? Is it is, well, is, is there intention behind this? Yes, there is. In fact, the intention is a uh, very palpable. And it's extraordinarily important because, as my work points out, the entire architecture of control. It rests upon people's negation, people's escapism, and people's conformity. So, in fact, there's direct ties. Uh, in my work, I show that all forms of tyranny, all forms of dictatorship, no matter what form they are to be found, ultimately are dependent upon uh, the ignorance factor and the conformity of individuals who have lost any concept of true selfhood. You see, this has already been pointed out by Aldous Huxley and... Um, and Orwell, you see, and many of the insiders, it's not something I'm making up. Um, so this then, of course, opens a lot of interesting questions that I tried to look into in my work. Is that, okay, then what is the relationship between ty tyranny and tyrants and, and that kind of level of uh, control? 
and the individual people within the prison, the incarceration, you see, who may want that kind of incarceration. Could it be that there is, in fact, some sort of relationship and that people will accept external political social tyrannies? And I'm even talking about those that exist on the smaller level, remember. This kind of tyranny I'm talking about can be found even on the domestic level, in the professional sphere, at work, at home, in relationships, in the mother-child dynamic, in the parent-child dynamic, in all sorts of relationships, at the job, at work. So then we have to ask a question, are people uh, have a contract within their own head that they would rather even have this kind of external enforcement with the various levels of affluence that also come with it? then walk the Siddhartha road. In other words, is there a direct equation between the tyrannies of the world in all their manifestations, both in the corridors of power and in the most intimate circle, and this avoidance of selfhood? And I actually believe there is, because when you really study this subject, you start to discover that even in the individual, even in the human being himself, regardless of his relationships or his other, you know, uh, other duties and obligations and, and connections to the world, even in the individual themselves, this dynamic exists, meaning that there is an inner tyranny. I've referred to it as self-sadism. You see, I've referred to it as a person, uh, the ego-self dilemma, you know, in how people um, view themselves, how they need to conform, how they're dependent on the approval of other people. So this stretches the whole gamut from the A to Z. And sometimes I'm even, uh, you know, criticized for the eclecticism of my work, you know, and that... Uh, we talk about one subject and then sort of you know, branch off into other things. Well, that's inevitable, actually, because once you're talking about consciousness, you are, in fact, talking about everything that man has manifested. Not nature, but everything that culture, everything that is culture. Culture is opposed to nature. Culture being what man has created, nature is being what, you know, is, is, is everlasting. So everything that man has created is a manifestation of his consciousness. And it's an examination diagnostically of a human being's consciousness that then gives you the key answers, the true golden keys to the solution to the mystery of all other things that exist in this world, including the plug-in, you see, to the uh, political control and machinations that exist. For instance, you know, if, like we showed in the Architects of Control, um, and I got a lot of positive feedback on this, if it can be shown that the leaders of the world are literally the most toxic of the bunch, meaning that they are the ones who are in the biggest form of escapism from their own psyche, you see, and from the call of selfhood, then, of course, those people are going to not only want to have power rather than love, because they don't love themselves, and they're going to absolutely be dependent on everyone doing as they do, which answers your question, because now they will really want to goad people and lure people and woo people and tempt people and even force people into the kind of thought processes, you see, and the behavioral patterns that they themselves have. It's like a drip-down process. It's a kind of a dark sorcery that then starts to infect everyone that lives on the planet because the sorcerer cannot feel good in the presence of people who are not like himself. He wants to spread his infection. And so when we see all of this... Um, decay, state of decay in the world. That's what it is to me. And it was also stated by Carl Jung and other psychologists like R.D. Lang, social uh, commenters like Eric Fromm and others of that nature, that they also saw it somewhat in this manner, that the, the um, individual's own negation, his absence of doing what is required, of thinking about his own existence and so on, gives rise to these tyrants. But these tyrants are the worst um, victims of this kind of escapism themselves. And so they wish to make the world, you see, the culture of the world into exactly what's pleasing uh, for themselves. And, and this is basically what I, I feel is going on. 
And you mentioned Aldous Huxley and uh, George Orwell. Do you think that they actually knew more than they were letting us to believe in their books? Well, much more, just in the same way that anyone who writes a book is only going to put into it, you know, um, the end result of their research. And often, you know, a slim book like what Aldous Huxley wrote, you can surely guarantee that, you know, um, it's only a small part of, of what these people have really, what they really know and what they're really into. And, you know, in a way, you have to condense it. But that's why you can, that is a process that can actually be done. I've done it myself in my DVDs. Filmmakers do it in which you take very esoteric ideas that most people may not even think about in their, in their lives. Like we said, these fundamental questions that I brought up in Architects of Control. And then you try to, you know, compress those into a movie script or, you know, a, a play, for instance, or even a, even a song, a piece of music. And uh, so, yeah, there's always going to be that. There's always going to. And, and don't forget, there's also what you really can't say because society is not even ready for it yet. You know, one has to also have a great sense of time uh, in this study and that human beings may not even be ready for half the stuff that they really need to, to know. So you have to do it, one, perhaps in science fiction or perhaps using uh, subliminal messages in order to, 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 to embrace people's psyche in a way that's not going to shock them. Well, manipulation is used in every form. There's always manipulation. It's just that uh, ultimately it comes down to a question of whether that manipulation is for the spiritual and moral uplift of humankind or whether it's not. And the ones that, you know, the, the great manipulators of the world, they have no interest in the moral and spiritual, you know, sovereignty of mankind. They're, they're, they're hell-bent to make men completely dependent on them. And therefore, their form of manipulation is the slow erosion of the reason, the slow erosion of the moral sensibility. And we can see this very evidently in the behavior of the young right now, who, don't, who have no obedience towards the parents, who have come, become completely dependent on television, media, and the approval of their own uh, misguided, you see, uh, compatriots. And so it continues all up the fractal. Uh, we're talking about in the last 30, 40 years, massive level erosion of some of the values that our forefathers held. And even the mocking of those values in many com is presented often in a comedy form. So, of course, we have a good laugh at it, and that has its place as well. But underneath that level of comedy is often a debunking and a, and a sort of a slanderous mocking of, of very, very powerful and beautiful things upon which civilization was created. So is it safe to say, if we had to compress all of this, that we live in a hive world with the illusion of free will? Yeah. What we have is a decorated incarceration. We have smiling depressives and we have a tyranny without tears. And therefore, that should be understood by now. And I think that that's why I'm, I participate in the conspiracy movement and have a lot of respect for other teachers in this movement, because that part at least has been done very, very well. Some of the aspects I'm into have been sorely neglected, but at the same time, it, we need to, you know, you can't put the cart before the horse. So drawing, sketching out for people the background, you know, the G. Edward Griffins, the Eustace Mullinses, the Gary Allens, uh, the Lyndon LaRouches, the Jordan Maxwells, all, all these people have done a wonderful job showing that there is an actual objective matrix of control operating in the world. And in the case of people like Jordan Maxwell, and Eustace Mullins, they've all showed how ancient it is, which is extremely important. And so that has, that, that's been necessary background, especially in an American context, since the country was very young and people were born in that country with this if, a sort of fallacy that, okay, history doesn't really matter. There was legitimate reasons for that. But that is also, you know, extremely dangerous as well, because if you want to know the future and you want to know that, 
time you're living in now, it's essential to look at the past. So America, in one way, was for a while quite deficient in that, even though it was for genuine good reason. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.